Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Thursday the 10th of March. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Laura Cook. More airstrikes in Ukraine lead to further death and destruction. world leaders plan to move away from Russian gas supplies. The money we're sending to Russia is used to kill Ukrainians. The Times Daily World Briefing. There's been international condemnation of Russia's latest attack in the Ukrainian invasion as an airstrike hits a maternity and children's hospital in the besieged city of Mariupol. Footage from the area shows vast destruction as ash falls, fires burn and patients are left trapped under the rubble. At least 17 people were injured, including women in labour, and three people, including one child, were killed. Rescuers continue to search through the wreckage. The strike was carried out during what should have been a ceasefire to enable civilians trapped in the besieged city to escape. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has accused Russia of war crimes and called for Western nations to act now, before it's too late. The city's residents are without access to food, water or electricity. In the nine-day siege of Mariupol, the mayor of the city says 1,207 people have so far died. Mass graves have been dug for the dead. Lila Malkova lives in Prague, but her family is from Mariupol. She was last in touch with them on Monday morning. We got lucky enough uh, to receive um, a short call from them um, on after one week, like on the 7th of March. It's uh, 15 seconds. Um, literally, my dad uh, just uh, crying and saying that they're alive, but the bombardment is severe, that they were melting the snow to be able to drink because there is no water in the city at all. The Times of London's correspondent Richard Spencer is in Ukraine and told Times Radio how Russia has justified the attack. The Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman uh, actually said in defence of the Russian bombing of this hospital that it was being used for military purposes, that uh, the Ukrainian military were using it to um, set up firing positions. We see no evidence of that, certainly in the videos released from the scene. Uh, And yes, the result was this uh, very heavy bomb. Elsewhere in Ukraine, air raid sirens have again sounded in the capital, Kyiv, on Thursday morning. Meanwhile, north of that city in Irpin, Ukrainian people continue to try to escape to safety. There have also been airstrikes overnight in the northeastern city of Oktaika in the Sumy region, resulting in more deaths and wiping out utilities, including a gas pipeline. Bombing raids were also reported in the city of Zaitomir, with two hospitals and electricity plant damaged. 
In the second largest city of Kharkiv, four people, including two children, were also killed in strikes. Kyiv region governor Alexei Kuleba has pleaded once again for the closing of airspace, as well as sending more weapons. For us, this is judgment day. It's a struggle between good and evil. In either way, we would die, but we would not let them seize our city. We feel it and we see it. We will have new people and we will have a new country. Kuleba and his Russian counterpart, the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, have started talks in Turkey. It's the first such high-level contact since Russia invaded Ukraine. Meanwhile, a Ukrainian minister has also called for an urgent temporary ceasefire to allow for repairs on a power line to Chernobyl's nuclear power plant. Ukraine's state energy company blamed the outage on actions by Russian troops who seized the site nearly two weeks ago. Professor Francis Livens is director of the University of Manchester's Dalton Nuclear Institute and was involved in the UK response to the Chernobyl disaster at the time. He says the concern is the extent to which the fuel can overheat. This is, of course, quite old fuel because uh, the Chernobyl reactors haven't operated for a long time. And because it's old, it's much less radioactive and therefore generates much less heat. So the rate at which the ponds warm up will be really relatively slow. And certainly the International Atomic Energy Agency suggested that uh, this was actually a you know, not a desirable situation, but not an imminent catastrophe either. 35,000 people were safely evacuated through humanitarian corridors in Ukraine yesterday to other parts of the country. There are plans for a further six routes to open on Thursday, with rescue efforts focusing on Mariupol. Meanwhile, leaders of the European Union will meet in Versailles to discuss the best route to weaning their countries off of a reliance on Russian energy imports. Russia is the third biggest producer of oil in the world, behind the US and Saudi Arabia. Of about 5 million barrels of crude oil it exports each day, more than half of that goes to Europe. Thierry Bross is a member of the EU-Russia Gas Advisory Council and senior research fellow at Oxford Institute for Energy Studios. He estimates that 75% of gas imports from Russia can be replaced, but doing so will see a rise in electricity prices and lower industrial productivity on the continent. But he explained to Times Radio that it's necessary. This is the bleak uh, picture. I'm not very optimistic, but again, I think we have to put on the balance the fact that uh, the money we're sending to Russia is used to kill Ukrainians. He added that countries may also have to turn more to coal plants to make up the energy gap, which will prioritise stopping the war over reducing carbon emissions. Russia's sanctions have had significant repercussions in the world of football, particularly for the English Premier League club Chelsea. Here's Steve Forbes with the latest. Roman Abramovich, the Russian billionaire who co-owns Chelsea FC, has had his assets seized by the UK government, throwing the future of one of the biggest football clubs in the world into doubt. 
The sanctions mean the sale of Chelsea has been put on hold and the club won't be able to buy or sell players or renew contracts with existing players. Under a special licence, Chelsea will still be able to fulfil fixtures and pay staff their wages, but the club won't be able to sell merchandise or tickets, meaning they face playing their home matches with just season ticket holders in attendance. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and with rumours circulating that Russian oligarchs could have their assets frozen, Roman Abramovich announced he would sell Chelsea and also attempted to hand control of the club to its charitable trustees in the meantime. As an individual, he's now banned from entering or remaining in the UK, with the Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying there can be no safe havens for those who've supported Putin's vicious assault on Ukraine. The Times Daily World Briefing In other news from around the world, a victory of the great South Korean people, the words of the country's new president in a tightly contested race. Conservative opposition candidate Yoon Suk-yul from the People Power Party edged victory against Democratic Party's Lee J. Myung. Yoon promised to tackle class inequality by honouring the constitution and parliament. His five-year term will begin this month to replace incumbent President Moon Jae-in, who's constitutionally barred from seeking re-election. He described it as a shot in the dark, but it kept him alive for two months. David Bennett, the first person to have a transplant with a genetically modified pig's heart, has died. Mr Bennett was 57 and had terminal heart disease. He received the transplant in the US at the beginning of January, but his condition began to deteriorate several days ago. Surgeons at the University of Maryland Medical Center described Mr Bennett as a brave and noble patient who fought all the way to the end. His son, David Jr., said he hoped his father's transplant would be the beginning of hope and not the end. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday the 10th of March. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.